interesting how the Lord sometimes leads me or directs me or gives me things. Sometimes it's, I, it's like I know what the problem is, right? Like there, there's an issue, and I don't know. You know, it's, I think it kind of probably comes with some of the pastoral call, knowing the condition of the flock, that, that God would reveal that to, to someone in a pastoral role for the, for the benefit of helping the flock. And the, the, what just kept over, like coming up, welling up in me, that's the word, welling up in me, was just there's, there's things that are in this world and how are we going to respond to them? And so the condition is don't panic, right? It's this state of panic. It's a state of, uh-oh, there's no hope. Uh-oh, there's no answer to this situation. There, what am I, what am I going to do now? And, and, and kind of the throwing up your hands and, and saying, God, what are we going to do? Which, you know, th- there is the, there is a found, you know, when you're beginning, so- saying something like that's okay. But when, once you know God is in you, once you know that he has all the answers figured out already, and you know where he resides, which is in you, you kind of go more like, okay, God, we're going to figure this out. Well, what's the problem? doesn't matter what the problem is. doesn't matter what, what the hopeless situation is. doesn't matter how bad the marriage looks. It doesn't matter how bad the bills look. It doesn't matter how bad the cancer looks or how bad uh, the kids' situation looks. It doesn't matter. Why? Because God's already provided an answer. Where is it? It's in me. Because he's in me and he is the answer. He is my hope. And then from there, all right, we're just going to discover it. We're going we're gonna to figure it out. God, God knows and he's with me and he wants to provide the answer. He's not going to hold anything good back from me. And so therefore, we're good. And so your response to situations very much determines the outcome of that situation. How you say your first reaction, whether that's panic, whether that's despair, or whether that's, yeah, okay, okay. And I'm, I'm not moved by situations. I'm not moved by other people's responses. I'm not moved by other people's actions. You know, one thing when you're being led by the Spirit, that means that you're not led by a lot of other things. It means, you know, there's these outside forces that are going to be pushing on you. There's these outside, you know, problems that are going to come against you that who knows where they're going to come from. They can come from all sorts of different angles. You got the enemy out there. He's wanting to kill, steal, and destroy. You got people out there who are sometimes the very tool of the enemy. You got, you got this fallen world where there's sin in it that's producing death, that's producing sickness. Here's the thing, when you meet one of, one of those oppositions face to face, are you going to flinch? Are, are we going to say, uh-oh, uh-oh, wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off, wait a second, I don't know if I got the right answer. No, anything, we, anything that we face, any problem that comes up, we can stare that thing right in the face. Ha ha, come on, I already have the solution, I already, I, I know that... I'm an over, more than an overcomer. Why? Because of the one inside me. Because of the one who dwells in me. I have the Holy Ghost in me. 
I have God living on the inside of me. There's no problem that, I, that God can't fix through me. You know, sometimes it's, 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 you know, some people get this complex, well, it has to be me. Sometimes I've prayed about problems and, or I'm seeking the Lord on them is, is a better, better way of saying it. Like, okay, I know what the solution is, so I'm going to wait on the Lord and he's going to tell me and we're going to get the problem solved. You know, sometimes it's, hey, go talk to this person. You know, we're, we're a body that's called to help one another. That's, go, go talk to this person about it. Okay. You know, that's different than just running to the person first or running to a certain individual first. Was where should my help come from? The Lord. And in that, he's going to direct us to individuals sometimes. Sometimes he's going to give it to us directly. Sometimes there's different answers. But there's always an answer. And we're never left just hopeless, saying, well... I guess that doctor's, uh, that doctor's diagnosis, I guess, that, I guess that's it. Or, well, the, there's just not enough money in the bank account to cover this bill. I guess that's it. And kind of that throwing up your hands type mentality when things happen, when things come your way, that is not, that is not the position of a believer. That is not what a believer does. That... A believer looks at it and says, okay, well, I got the answer. Where? What's in me? But we're just going we're gonna, to we're gonna figure it out. It doesn't matter what it is. Amen? Amen. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. I want to show you um, some of Jesus' responses to certain situations. You know, he is our example. We are to, to walk, talk, act live just as he did he didn't he he set the bar high but it's an attainable bar right he didn't say hey i'm your example and by the way you're going to always fail you're going to always come short of it and it's okay no this is the expectation that we would respond to things the way he did amen amen so we're going to start in mark 4 and let's see verse 35 On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, Do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39. Then he arose and started panicking and started jumping up and down and saying, God, why aren't you protecting me? Father, how come this is happening? How come there's this, all this, I have to die for the sins of men. I can't die out at sea. What are you doing, Father? What's going on? Notice that Jesus' response wasn't to panic. I mean, they're dealing with life and death. They're dealing with a, a situation where they could die. And, and where's Jesus? Asleep. He's hanging out in the boat, asleep, through the storm, through the waves. And then he hears news. We're perishing. We're going to die. What was his response? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. You know, 
Jesus brought peace from the inside of him. Notice those around him, they didn't have the peace of God in them, therefore they couldn't get the peace of God out of them to calm and, and make the situation full of peace. It was the peace that was in him that he released. And, and Pastor Bill, he's, he's got a message and he talks to me all this time about when, when you, you can actually leave your peace with someone that you have the ability to, to take your peace and give it to someone or leave your peace there. And so there's this, there, there's this thing on the inside of us called the peace of God that Jesus walked in. And when there's the peace of God in you, it doesn't matter what the storm looks like. It doesn't matter how, how bad it looks. I've got peace in me. I have a, and, and, and it's not just meant to keep me safe or to keep me uh, peace saying, oh, well, I got peace as I'm drowning. I got peace as the wind's going to take me under. No, it's meant to come out. It's meant to be something that is released to affect the situation, to affect the attack, to affect the storm. But it's on the inside. Again, Jesus walked with this understanding. He knew that his answers were on the inside of him. Amen? You know, um, there was, there was a, we, we have a, a home that is a couple years old, and we had a home warranty on it. And uh, in this, in the uh, time that the home warranty was covering it, our furnace motor, the blower motor, went out. And so we called the warranty company, and uh, they sent out this tech, and they're like, yep, it's going to be, it's going to be this much to fix it, and warranty cover, covers it and everything, and they end up replacing it, and probably three, three weeks to a month later, um, everything's working fine, everything's working great, and then we're noticing, completely separate issue, but we're noticing that there's a lack of water pressure in, in, in our, our bathtub, and uh, so we have someone that's kind of a handyman come check it out, and, and he's like, he's like, yeah, it looks like you're, you have really the house is built in '69, so it's just tiny little pipes. So get your pipes replaced. All right, let's do it. Well, while he while he's down there, he notices that the furnace, the exhaust pipe, because uh, this is in our basement, uh, unfinished basement, is where this is located. Uh, he notices that the exhaust pipe is pumping right out into the basement. It's supposed to be hooked up and, and plumbing outside, and carbon monoxide poisoning is a real deal, and people die from it. It's called the silent killer. People just end up waking, not waking up, going to bed, not waking up. And, and this handyman starts, like, freaking out. He's like, you could have died. Like, this is a huge deal. And I'm just like... Well, praise God, I didn't, you know? <laughs> he's like, he's like you, you, you must have been getting headaches and all sorts. I'm like, no, didn't get any headaches. Nope, no one's, no one's been having any trouble. No one's been having any problems. And there's been carbon monoxide pouring into our house for a month. <laughs> and no effect whatsoever. That's God's protection over us because he... he he knew, he knew the situation, and we were just living in his presence and, and abiding in his word, and we're protected. But he says to me, he's like, how come you're not freaking out? Like, he's, he's, he's freaking out for me. He took on my, he took on my uh, situation for me. And I'm just like, well, what good's that going to do? 
what good's panicking about something like that going to do? Let's just get it fixed and, and we'll move on and, and praise God, nothing happened. Praise God, we were, I was fine. And he's like, okay. <laughs> to, to, you can totally shock people around you because in the middle of a storm, you're sleeping. In the middle of a problem, yeah, it's not going to move me. What, what good is panicking going to do? What good is, is getting all worried and, and getting all thinking along, uh-oh, what's, the, what's that what if, what if, what if? All those what ifs that could happen down the line. Th- those are real. And, and if you stay in that place, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to produce that result. It's going to produce that result that you're, ver- that you're worried about. You know, fear is the opposite of faith, Right? And so when there's fear, there's no trusting God. <laughs> there just isn't. And trusting God gives us the access of all the grace that he's provided, of all the promises that he's given us. That's faith. And faith is a place of rest. It's a place of peace. It's not a place of turmoil. It's not a place of, of panicking and just throwing our hands up. Amen? Let's go to, let's go to Luke. Luke 8. We'll start in verse 49. It says this, While he, Jesus, was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, this is saying to the ruler of the synagogue's house, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he melted down, panicked, threw his hands up, and said, sorry for your loss. Oh no, this situation is done. Sorry, your daughter's dead. Or did he say something else? Jesus heard it. He answered him saying, do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. Notice that Jesus at this time is standing next to, at least in the close enough vicinity that he can overhear the conversation, to the guy who just heard the news, your daughter is dead. Okay? And Jesus is saying, here's your response. Let me just give you your response. If you can stick to this response, if you can just stick to this, she'll be made well. What's the response? Do not be afraid and only believe. Do not fear. Don't let a bunch of fear come in, but only believe. Well, Jesus, couldn't you just make her well without him believing? Or without, you know, what it, what, apparently there was something in his uh, either fearing or believing that, discern, that, that determined whether his daughter was going to be made whole or not. Or why else would Jesus even say it? Why else would he even bring that up? Wouldn't, would, if that wasn't the case, wouldn't he more likely say something along the lines of, um, hey, yeah, they can say whatever they want, but I, I got this. I got this. No, that wasn't his response. It wasn't just a, hey, I got this. You can believe, you can melt down, you can panic, you can throw your hands up and, and, and raise your fist to heaven. And No, he said, don't be afraid and only believe, and she will be made well. 
He was prescribing the response that was necessary to get the outcome that he desired. And without that response, and if we have a response that's contrary to the one Jesus prescribes, the outcome's going to be different. We have all these things coming at us. We have all these issues coming at us. What's your response? What, what are you going to say? What are, you going to, what are you going to declare? Are you going to let those feelings of... Because <gasps> you know what? Those feelings... They happen to every single person. Those feelings, that's called your flesh, and that's called the part of you that is not connected with God and is not, you know, completely, your mind completely renewed to his word. But there should be inside of us a, okay, all right, I will just believe then. I will just believe that it will be okay. I will just believe that it will be taken care of, and I'm not going to let fear come in. And I'm not going to let doubt come in. Amen? Amen. You know, there was, uh, there, there was back, back when we were moving into this building, before we moved into this building, uh, we, we had a, uh, if you didn't hear Sunday, by the way, we, t- we had an update on the expansion, and the full expansion is completely paid off, and we got all, the, all of the funds came in. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, back then we were doing a, a building fund to get into this building because we were in a much smaller building, different location, and we were raising funds for, for this building. And at the time we weren't on staff yet, we were serving in the youth, and we heard, hey, there's a, we're doing a building fund to get in this location, and we saw you know, the 3D rendering of the building, and uh, Pastor Mark said, Pray about it. Ask the Lord what you should do. And if he gives you direction, do it. We said, we can do that. We'll pray about it. We'll ask the Lord. And so we prayed and we, we sought the Lord on, on if we should do anything. And he said, yes. And then, he, then we said, okay, what? And, and then the amount that was in our heart, what we purposed in our heart that he placed there was a considerable amount to us at the time. And it was, it was uh, a commitment over 12 months that it would be something we would do over a 12-month period. And uh, it was a certain amount per month, and it was, it was more than our mortgage payment at the time. And, and we could do it at the time because we didn't have any kids. We both worked full-time. We had extra income, and it was like, well, that's where our extra income is going to go, and that's okay. And we'll fund the house of God, and, and we'll, we'll see what we know. We'll see that come back to us because the Lord said that if you give up houses, that you will get houses in return. And so we're like, this is basically another mortgage payment. We're going to get a house. And so we, we said we're, we're going to commit to it, and we're going to do it. Well, about six months into that, uh, my wife loses her job. And, and we were both making about the same, and so that means our income's cut in half. And, and she ends up getting a job a very short amount of time after that, part-time, not nearly the same, same wages. And in her losing the job, I knew it was right because it wasn't, it wasn't where God wanted her to be, and it wasn't in an environment that was, that was healthy by any means. And uh, it was like, okay, well... Yeah, that, I'm kind of glad that you're done with that job. 
And so, and so you know what we did? We started panicking. No, I'm just kidding. If we would have panicked, it would have been really bad. But we, well, what we said is, you know, God told us to give this certain amount, and giving this amount plus all of our other bills minus the income that you don't have anymore equals we're negative every month. That, that's the way the budget worked out. We just didn't have it. But we said, you know what? God wouldn't lead us to do that knowing this was going to happen and for us to just throw up our hands and say, well, guess, guess we'll have to you know, fall short of our commitment. Guess we'll have to, to give up on what God told us to do. We said, you know what? If God said that, he was, that that's what he wants from us, then he's going to have to provide it for us. And that's the, that was kind of our mentality. And so we said, let's just keep doing it. We're going we're gonna to figure it out every month. Somehow, God's going to provide, and I'm just going to believe God for it because it was his directive to begin with. And a few months into that, it got tight. It got tight, and there was one month where we had uh, bills, and there was not enough money in the account for those bills. And so uh, I get a... I come home for lunch one day, and my wife's like, "This, these bills. What are we gonna do?" What? And we had already, we had, already, I, we knew this. We're gonna pay that first. We're gonna pay that commitment that we made. We're gonna pay that first every time that we get paid. That's coming out first, along with our tithe, and and then you know, whatever's left over, we'll figure it out. And God's gonna have to provide the rest. And sure enough. She, we're talking, and she's like, yeah, these, uh, these bills are adding up, and we don't have enough money for, the, for this, this bill that came in. And I, I said, you know, I know God's going to take care of us. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know he will. He is faithful. We've been doing right with what he said to do, and we didn't, we, we're, we didn't panic. We didn't throw our hands up. We said, by God, he's going to take care of us. And then I drive to work and on my way home from work and, and she's standing there with the mail in her hands talking to me about this at lunch. I drive, I'm on my way back to work and she calls me and says, uh, there was a $500 check in the mail from someone that's, that was just a friend of ours that went to the church and a note with it saying, hey, I don't know if this helps or anything. I don't even know why I'm giving you this other than I, I felt like the Lord said to give this to you. And then all of a sudden, it was, it was even more than enough to cover those bills that we, that we were short on. And then from that point on, every, every single month, it didn't make sense how, how in budgetary numbers, if you added it up, it didn't make sense. But you know what? We didn't go behind one month. We didn't eat top ramen every month. We ate pretty good still. We didn't really change our habits and, you know, cancel a bunch of subscriptions. We just lived how we were living. We didn't have to change it. Why? Well, because we knew God was going to do what he said, which is provide for us, take care of us. And, and when we got the bad news, that our, our money, our income was getting cut, you know what we didn't do? We didn't throw our hands up in the air and say, oh, no, well, guess we're going to have to throw that commitment that we made out the window. And, and God supplied our needs, and he supplied the seed that we were committed to sow, and we, we fulfilled our obligation, the God obligation that, we, that he put in our hearts to do, and we came out looking great. We came out 
ahead, and, and it was probably a year after that or so, we ended up selling our house, probably not even a year, a year after that or so, we ended up selling our house and making $50,000 off of it and because it was in a rising market. And then God just kept adding to us and he kept adding to us. That was because we decided we're going to just trust God. We're going to obey him. And when we obey him, when we say, okay, you said this and I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to panic. Then he was able to do what he wanted to do the whole time, which is provide for us. You know that worrying and that panic mentality and that throwing your hands up, you know that stops the very blessing, that stops the very answer that God has designed for that situation. It stops it right in its tracks. And so do we have the self-control to look at a situation and be, not, not be moved by it? Do we have the self-control to look at a problem that's come in our direction and say, well, God said this. God said this. And I don't care what this looks like. I don't care what the numbers look like. I don't care what the diagnosis looks like. I don't care what, what it looks like in the physical because I have something more weighty. I have something in the spirit that overcomes that physical issue every single time. And he's faithful to do it. And he's faithful to be exactly who he said to be. Exactly who he said he was. Amen? So, um, there's, there's perilous times coming. You know, 2 Timothy 3 says, in the, in the end, there will be perilous times. Guess what? We're ever increasingly going toward the end. We're always moving that direction. And as we move that direction, more and more perilous times are coming. And it says that men will lack self-control. Jesus said that men's hearts would fail them. You guys know the epidemic of heart failure in America is at an all-time high? That, that heart attacks and things like that are at an all-time high. I think heart disease is like the first, it's like the number one killer. Uh, it's the number one problem in the, it, that kills us. Heart disease. Jesus said in the end, there would be men's hearts would fail them for fear of what was happening. That's, that's all about your response. It's all about looking at the situation and saying, well, I guess either I'm going to go under or God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And I'm going to stand on his word. I'm going to believe him. And, and it looks like Jesus responding to, to situations. It looks like him confidently approaching every problem with, why would we think anything else other than it's going to be fixed? Why would we even pretend like God isn't big enough to handle any measly earthly problem? I mean, he's God. And he's been God a really long time. And he knows the end from the beginning. And he, every situation we run into, he's not surprised by. He has it figured out. We don't have to, to be hopeless. There is no hopeless situation with him. Jesus said all things are possible with him. All things are possible with him. Well, you just don't understand. This spouse of mine, she's really bad. <laughs> All things are possible with him. 
There's no situation that's hopeless. Well, you don't understand. This, I've been fighting this diabetes for 30-something years. No, you don't understand. God is who He said He was. He's not going to change. He's never changing. And when He said He's our healer, He meant it. And for us to say no, what a slap in His face. For us to doubt, for us to be to, to sit there and, and have a panic feeling, to have this, well, I don't know about that. Well, that maybe that worked for you, but it didn't work for me. You're slapping God in the face, not me. You're slapping Him. You're the one that's saying, God, you're not big enough for my situation. God, your power isn't strong enough. Or your love for me isn't enough to fix it for me. Maybe you love them more than me. To, you'll fix their problem, you'll fix their situation, but your love for me, I question that. So therefore, maybe I don't have a solution. Maybe, maybe that, that pastor up there talking about how God's his solution in every situation, it works for him because you love him. He loves you the same. He doesn't love you any differently. He doesn't have any different thoughts towards you than he does anyone else. That his, than his own son, Jesus, his thoughts toward Jesus are no different than his thoughts towards you. You're his son, you're his daughter, just as Jesus was. He, you've, been, you've been grafted into the same exact covenant that he had with the Father. How did God respond to Jesus? Two times he broke silence in the sky and said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Come on, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He wanted, uh, he wanted Jesus to know he's pleased with him. He wants us to know that he's pleased with us because we're his son, because we're his daughters. Amen? Amen. Let, let's, let's do this. We're going to declare some things over situations now. We're going to make declarations over the situation. Whatever your situation is, we're going to declare some things over it. Why? Because we're going to do the prescribed uh, words that Jesus said to do over those t types of situations. I mean, I doubt, I, maybe, but I doubt anyone's dealing with their daughter just dying in here. Maybe that's the case. But, I mean, that's a pretty bad situation. A lot of, most situations aren't that, aren't that extreme. So if it will work in an extreme situation like daughter dying or you're about to die because the wind's about to take you over, the prescribed, the prescribed words, the prescribed uh, declarations over the situation, the right heart about those, they'll work for anything. They'll work for any of those situations. So we're going to declare them right now. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Let's do it. So what I want you to do, just repeat after me, but I want you to, there's going to be a part where I want you to, ins, and I don't have this plan, so we're winging it, but you're going to be declaring over your situation exactly what God has said, and you're going to be declaring that the result and the answer is already yours. Amen? Amen. Say, in Jesus' name, I declare by the Spirit that I'm an overcomer and that this situation is solved in Jesus' name. That there's no fear in me. There's no fear in love. 
so I'm an overcomer and I got this because God's in me and he's got this. Amen. Amen. Whatever that situation is that you're dealing with, I want you to apply what you just said to it. Come on. There's, there's going to be testimonies out of this. Some of what the testimonies are going to be is in the coming weeks, there's going to be situations where bad news is presented, where you're hit with some devastating news about a loved one or maybe, maybe something that, that is coming, whatever that might be. And I want you to know, your response is going to determine the outcome of that situation. And, and, and don't throw your hands up. Don't give up. Don't say, well, I guess that's the final word. Situations don't have the final word. You have the final word. It's in you. You know, there's not much in this world that we have control over. There really just isn't as an individual, right? The one thing that you've been given control over is you. You have control over you. You've been given dominion over yourself. How you're going to respond, how you're going to react. If you haven't predetermined your response, if you haven't predetermined how you're going to react in the face of whatever that problem is, whatever that, that attack is, if you haven't predetermined how it is, who knows what, who knows what you're going to do? Who knows what it is? But I want you to do this. Predetermine when that, resp- when that comes, I'm going to do what the Lord said. I'm just going to believe, not going to fear. I'm going to declare victory over it, and I'm going to see it. I'm going to be confident in seeing that. So we've been given control of ourselves. Let's not let situations dominate us. We dominate us. We have dominion over us. And ultimately what that means is we let the Lord do what he wants in us. But it's our decision whether, he, whether the Lord does what he wants or whether the enemy does what he wants in us or whether the situation that's coming against us gets to be validated or not. That's our decision. That's in our control. Let's, let's take dominion over ourselves. Let's take dominion over our thoughts. Let's take dominion over our responses to the things that are coming at us. Because we have the answer. Because we are, we are not left hopeless. We have been given the answers on the inside of us. When we got the Holy Spirit filled inside of us, when we became completely baptized in Him, man, there is no problem that can come near us. There is no problem that can come... When problems come near, come, come near me, I, I feel bad for those problems. <laughs> like, like, you sure? You sure, devil, you want to try that? You sure that that you sure problem because you know what's going to be the end result God's going to get some glory out of it because we're going to overcome it and then we're going to we're going to be like check out what God did check out what he did and then 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 when that happens I get to tell other people about what God did and then that other person who is also getting hit with that problem guess what they get to hear man God God fixed that problem too he does that I've had so many people when they come when they come to talk about healing or they have this have different problems when they're when they when they come to talk to me it's like D- does God heal this like someone talked to me about a gluten allergy does God could could he heal a gluten allergy 
Because what happened was they had heard from someone that had got healed and said they got healed of this, whatever, the, I don't remember what their problem was. And then they came. This was just a worldly person. <laughs> this wasn't even a Christian. He comes to me and he says, well, would, would God even heal a gluten allergy? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, what's the, what's the, what's the limit on what can get healed? And this is really funny. He's like, there's none. He'll heal it all. He can heal everything. I mean, if you look in Scripture, he raised the dead. I mean, that seems like the biggest problem I could come up with. And he can take care of that one too. He's like, cool. So he, so he gets healed. And then I get to share the Lord with him. And he's like, I'm going to think on that. I'm like, what's there to think about? But, but you know what? I know he's, he's, you can't run into God like that and, and see his goodness and not be changed. Amen? So it's not only the problems you're going to face, it's going to be the problems of people around you. And, and you know what, what we can't do? Is when people even... Here, here's something that's interesting. Jesus, overhearing someone else's problem, he asserted himself in it. He asserted himself in it. The guy hadn't even come to Jesus yet and said, hey, my daughter is dead. Jesus just overheard the problem and said, wait, just believe. Don't be afraid. You, we should be asserting ourselves into people's issues. Me, not, not in a nosy way, not in a, but in a way of, we, ha- we have the answer. We have the solution. And God has given us the solution so that he can be glorified, so that he could come in and change their life, so that they would know how good he is. This is the open door into so many people's lives that sometimes we just turn a blind eye to when we hear of other people's problems. Man, go look for them because there's a ton out there. There is, people are messed up. People are jacked up and people have problems coming at them daily. What are we going to do? We should assert ourselves. We should be the answer. Amen? Amen. Anybody got anything? Just real quick, uh, earlier in the service, um, if I would have come up and given what I had, and I'll just and I'll just tell you this for a reason, I would have stepped up here and I would have talked to you briefly about the importance of believing. <laughs> we haven't talked hmm. about the need to believe. See, many times we come into situations where we're seeking a what to do. What do I do in this situation? And often it's how can I fix it? Mm-hmm. How can I resolve the, the, the issue, the problem? And, and sometimes, you know, the Lord will give you an answer of something to do, some way to act. Yep. But many times, the answer of what to do is this. I'm going to believe. Well, and, and many people might question you on that. Say, I don't know, but what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to believe. Amen. Amen. Well, you, but you've got to make a decision here. Well, listen, if I don't know a decision to make, or if I don't know how to fix it, or, I'm, or maybe am, am incapable of fixing it, here's what I can always do. 
I can believe. And that is a good answer. That's not a bad answer. That's not, well, I guess you just don't know what to do then. No, no, I do know what to do. I'm going to believe. I am going to believe God. I know, but what are you going to do? I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe His promise. Amen. And too many times when we're looking for a solution that is outside of believing, we're making a mistake. Well, I got to do something. You need to believe. If the Lord gives you something to act on, go for it. But this is the foundation. This is always the right response. I'm going to what? Believe. I'm going to believe God. Amen. Amen. In every situation. In every circumstance. I'm going to believe God. What did the Lord say? I believe God. Hallelujah. 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 And, 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 and also it comes up in my heart even, even after that now. Uh, many have uh, become habitual in their reactions. Yeah. Habitually reacting incorrectly. Good. You know, something happens. You know, you might, uh, to, as an example, someone who deals with anger problems. Something happens and they, without even thinking, you know, kind of fly off the handle kind of thing. And that's the way they've been trained. That's the way they're accustomed to responding. Uh, how many know we can train ourselves in this, in this word that Pastor Doug brought? Amen. You can train yourself to, re- to react in faith. Yep. Whatever comes up. And if you, know that, if you know it about yourself, whether it's the panic, the freak out, the, how he was saying it earlier... If that's kind of been the norm when something bad comes up, and ah, uh, then know that about yourself Good. and catch it. Good. And next time something happens, something comes up, <laughs> grab yourself and say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to believe God. Amen. I'm going to believe this time. Amen. I'm going to trust Him. Yes. Amen. Amen. And he'll, he'll, he'll bring it to pass. He'll bring His Word to pass. Faithful is He who calls. Who also will do it, is what the scripture says. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, I hope that we that we have some things that we know we can do differently and that we can respond to the situations that are that are gonna happen. Do you have something else? Come on up. (laughs) Just stay here. Okay. I I I just I sat down, I go, oh, that was what I what I was gonna say. The reason I wanted to say basically what he had already said in in my own words is to put the emphasis on this. This word is a good teaching anytime, but it's also a word from God for here right now. Otherwise, how would I know it? How would I have, not the whole thing, but some of those same parts go off in me as we're worshiping God? Same spirit. The Spirit of the Lord revealed that to me. In part, I don't know, maybe so I could share this, but in part as a confirming word. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we'll teach and there'll be a prophecy or a, a tongue and interpretation, and it'll be a, either an adding to or a confirmation of the word that was spoken. So receive this, receive these things as not just, yeah, that's a good idea, I should think about that. <laughs> no, no, no. Receive this with more, more weight. This is greater weight. This is the Lord. 
stirring, inspiring, and communicating with us because it's true and because he knows the future. And so, he ha- you know, coming to a service like this is a good investment in tomorrow. I don't know what's happening tomorrow. I don't know what's happening next week. I don't know what's happening next month. But I know if I stay in a place where I can hear and be prepared and equipped and stirred up, I'm going to be ready because the Lord's going to keep me on my toes. And words like this, I take them seriously. I meditate on them, think about them. Glory to God, glory to God. Then something comes up, <laughs> the Lord was getting me ready. So I could overcome. I think I'm done talking. <laughs> Interrupt me at any time. Fully fine. All right. Well, let's let's we're gonna uh, take up the offering, and uh, and we'll pray over that, and then we'll be dismissed. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you that you.